Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 22. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and in this episode, I interviewed Victor Doria, the CEO of Adaptogen Science, a supplement company. Victor shared about the importance of resilience, his concept that if you're not struggling, something is wrong, and he also shared the macro patience and micro speed concept made popular by the entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk. I hope you enjoyed the interview after the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu's message. Who's... The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and the United States who offer free jiu-jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations, and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coaches donate all the profit of t-shirts and patches sales to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.liveju-jitsu.org. It's www.liveju-jitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Victor Doria. Victor is a black belt in jiu-jitsu from Carson Gracie and he's the co-founder and vice president of Adaptogen Science, which is one of the fastest growing companies in the field of sports supplements who focus on assisting BJJ athletes. Victor graduated from college with a degree in marketing and physical education. He won the Masters World Championship in 2016 and 2017, along with winning double gold medal at the Pan Am Championship in 2018. Victor was born and raised in Rio de Janeiro and moved to Miami in 2014. Victor has been married for 15 years with his wife, Verna, and has a 17-year-old son, Igor. Victor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Gustavo. It's an honor, man. It's an honor being here. How did BJJ show up in your life? I used to play water polo back when I was 12. I, actually, I was a swimmer but I didn't like to. I think it sucked so bad. I, mm. uh, I saw the other guys on the other pool. They were having fun throwing that yellow ball everywhere and trying to score goals. And I said, man, that's, that's more like what I, what I like to do. So I gave it a shot. I went to the water polo uh, pool, to the water polo side, and I asked in. And I started training water polo. And I, I always took everything seriously, like, every sport I always wanted to win so I, I've always been very competitive and I did quite well I made it to the national team and long story short um, I had a problem with one of the the, the national team athletes and uh, in a in a training session we went at it in a brawl inside the pool and end result was uh, since the guy was the captain <laughs> and so he was the strong side uh, I got expelled from the national team and then I got expelled from the club 
from from the from the, the the team that I used to play for, which was Flamengo. So I uh, I got expelled from from the team and and I didn't want to go to any other teams. So I decided doing some. I considered doing some other sport, but I needed to do something. I've always been very active, and my cousin Felipe, he told me, "Hey, Victor, you." Uh, you should try jiu-jitsu, man. You will love it. And it only depends on you because I was always complaining, oh, I was playing so well, but the goalkeeper, yeah. he took like two or three goals and we lost the match and I was so pissed. So I said, man, I need something that depends only on me. If I lose, it's me. If I win, it's me. And that's it. So I went to Carson Gracie Academy in Copacabana at Figueiredo do Magalhães. And the moment I got there, I want to say I fell in love because it was impossible. The place stinks. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's all that sweat and heat, all that craziness. But I saw there and I trained and I uh, developed my, myself in jiu-jitsu with probably the best fighters there were back then. So I had in front of me there Amori Bitete, Murilo Bustamante, Bolão, uh, Bebel, uh, Zé Mário Sperri, uh, Ricardo Liborio, Cássio Cardoso, all these guys training together in a, in a, in a mat in Copacabana. And I got to learn from them. And uh, uh, from my first day as a white belt in July, 1993, until the day I got my brown belt in 97, I got my ass kicked every single day that I stepped on that on those mats. After brown belt, I started getting my ass kicked every every other day. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the beginning, until brown belt, man, I I got beat up every day from with these guys because I I've always been a heavier guy, like over ninety kilos, over two hundred pounds. So they will always take me, hey, let's train, let's roll, let's roll, and this and that. You're strong, and this and that. I said, man. I took a beating every single day there, but I fell in love with it. I, I fell in love with training jujitsu, with the lifestyle and everything, and uh, still love it more than yeah. ever, maybe. Yeah, and that was the prime time of Carson, and I remember it was not too long after the very first, you know, the jujitsu Luta Livre uh, challenge that happened in Rio and so forth. So Carson had probably i have to say the best competition team back then you know it, it, it was the best competition team because i remember that uh back then in the like nationals and everything uh carson gracie used to swipe up all the black belt categories mm-hmm. from 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 i don't know from from rooster to to super heavy, ultra heavy they would win everything i was a, a white belt back then but uh, mm-hmm. still i was i was I was seeing it happen, and uh, Carson Gracie was definitely, was definitely like, yeah, everybody was there. All these bad boys were there. And and how did BJ? How does BJJ relate to life? Uh, I've always been very competitive, as I just mentioned, and uh, the side of the, the the side of BJJ that relates to my life is the competition side, like. Of course, that uh, the jiu-jitsu, the, the, the sport of jiu-jitsu, uh, without considering the, the, the competition side, is really cool. You learn a lot of stuff, and uh, you know how to defend yourself, and uh, it will relate to life at some point. But the, the, 
the biggest and best lessons I got from jujitsu and how it relates to my life is like I learned how to be more even more competitive than I was and it mm -hmm. gave me the strength to to keep going pursuing my my uh, my goals and another factor was that I've never been a fast learner in jiu-jitsu, so I've always had a hard time or harder time to learn techniques, new techniques from our professors than most of my, of my peers at the gym. Mm -hmm. So I would have to do more. I would have to drill more than everybody, do more than everybody because I wouldn't learn that quick, that fast. So by training more, drilling more, and, 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 and practicing more, when it was time for comp competition, I would do better. Mm -hmm. And I learned really young, like 17, 18 years old, that uh, work ethics, like the more I train, the better I'm going to make, the better I'm going to do. And I, I completely translated into my business uh, 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 skills and everything because mm -hmm. I, I don't consider myself a gifted, a, a skilled guy per se. And uh, so, as I said, nothing came easy to me as far as learning stuff. I always took a little more time than everybody else to learn the techniques. And uh, so I have to drill more. And the end result was I would do better in competition just because I was training harder than everybody else. So that's how it relates a lot for me. And when did you have the spark to pursue your vision of working with supplements? And uh, how, how was the mindset back then? How did you deal with all the uncertainties, some of the fears and doubts that sometimes happen in the beginning of our entrepreneurial journey? Uh, the, the, the thing that, that scared me the most, if I can say that, was like moving to a different country. Like I started working with supplements in 2000. So it's been 18 years I've been in the industry. And when I started, I barely had a car. So um, it, it was really tough times, but I, I didn't have many choices. Mm -hmm. So I just went at it and did the best that I could. But 14 years, years later, in 2014, when we, when we decided to open to start Adaptogen Science and I moved into the US, yeah, that was like, a, a, a very very difficult decision but in the same time I was very excited because we would have the chance and that's how I, I answer your question address your question is uh, we have the chance to to make the perfect products like the perfect products the perfect whey protein the perfect pre-workout, the perfect like uh, uh, intra-workout the products that we made from everything that we learned on these last 14 years before studying adaptogen science, we would be able to put in practice. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I always dreamt of having a product that we have today called Intramino Sport is something that we use during our training. And it's just perfect because it has all the ingredients that I, that make sense to have, especially for jujitsu fighters. Like you have coconut water, you have electrolytes, the BCAs, glutamine, everything in one product. Instead of mixing three, four bottles in, mm -hmm. in a jug of water, you have everything from one bottle. It's perfect. And uh, we were able to, to make sure that quality came first in our products. So it was like, that was something that really sparked me that really called my, Hey, you're going to be able to have the perfect product line. Like mm -hmm. you always wanted to have. Because so when, in Brazil, 
when do you say that you had that spark? I mean, when the idea started cooking of having your own 2013, product. 2013, okay. because we had some problems. And this is like something that I, will, I like to mention. We had the company in Brazil that I used to work for. Um, it basically imported American right. products to Brazil and sold in the Brazilian market. And we had many, many problems with Anvisa, which is the, the, the organ that, that manages and that looks in, that just supervises mm -hmm. the whole supplement market there, among other things. They're very strict. And we had many, many problems with American brands that would be analyzed by Anvisa. And they would say, hey, this product claims it has 25 grams of protein per serving and actually has 11. Got oh, it. this product claims it has X amount of BCAAs in the product. It doesn't have any. Or this product says it has just half a gram of fat per serving. It has four grams of fat. So quality control. Yeah. yeah I mean, because in the U.S., uh, the FDA, which is a very strict organ as well, it doesn't regulate the supplement market. So whatever you want to claim in your label in, in the U.S. to sell within the U.S. or elsewhere, you can do it. The problem is that that mindset and the way they do business here couldn't be translated into, couldn't be sent to Brazil the, the way it was. So I told them, I told my partners, I said, if we have our own brand, we're going to be able to make sure that we abide by everything that we're claiming on the label. Mm -hmm. It's going to be quality, quality, quality. And that's what we have. Adaptive Science has the perfect line. Like, I don't say we have the best products ever. But all I can say is that whatever you read on the label is actually inside the bottle. I can guarantee that with my name there. I gotcha. And now, what do you feel that nowadays in entrepreneurship, you see some people struggling a little bit, especially people maybe who were in the beginning, in the early stages. What advice would you give to them? Even though you started here in the US 2014, as you mentioned, you've been in the game for a long time. Yeah. with supplements so we have a lot of experience with that so what do you feel that it's something that new entrepreneurs have been struggling with if you're not struggling something is wrong mm -hmm. you better be struggling absolutely if you own your own business if you're if you're like dealing with your own thing you are going to struggle and struggling is part of the journey it's part of the uh everyday thing that uh uh, um, building a business requires like you have to be resilient you have to like it's I, I I hear so much and listen to a lot of uh, theories and once again not that I'm against those theories I, I find them interesting but uh, most of them they, they don't seem like they actually live it's like it's like when I talk to, to, to cons, uh, consultants, mm -hmm. consultants, they have so many theories about everything, but they're not on the, they don't sound like they're on the practical side of it. So uh, uh, what I can tell people, they're, they're like entrepreneurs, uh, uh, they're struggling is it's keep on struggling. You're on the right path. Mm -hmm. Like be consistent. If you believe in what you have, and it's not only a, a passionate belief, and, and it, has to, it has to make sense and it has to make business sense mm -hmm. because if, if you keep consistently insisting in something that doesn't make business sense, you're going to struggle for the rest of your life. You're not going not gonna to make a dime.
So you have to make sure that your business model makes business sense. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't make business sense, it's not going to succeed. No matter how much involved or in love you are with the, with the whole thing, it does not matter. The market doesn't fetch you. The market doesn't, doesn't care. You know, um, it's, it's just, it's rough, but that's what it is. Like entrepreneurship is not for the weak, for the weak minded. You have to be strong in here and strong in here to, to make it happen. And making it happen doesn't mean making a lot of money. Making it happen is looking at what you built and look at the, at day one and said, see how far we've come. That's, that's succeeding. And it never ends because you can always, you can always go further. So it will never end. There's not a number. There's not a, an amount of money. There's not an, a, a, a number of uh, employees or whatever it is. You can have your goals, but succeeding is, is the whole process. It's not, you're, you're going to be, you can be succeeding until the day you die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, not, it's never going to stop. It should never stop. You have to keep on going. So my advice is just be consistent and make sure that your plan makes business sense. Yeah. And it's interesting that you're talking about, of course, the struggles of entrepreneurship. And I believe it was the episode five with uh, Pete Roberts. We talk about this, that some people have, I saw Gary Vaynerchuk talking about this. Some people have the entrepreneurial DNA and some people have entrepreneurial tendencies. Some of, some people with entrepreneurial tendencies are like, I'll do this. It'll be cool to have my own business. And then things start not going the same, you know, the way that they want it. Like, oh, you know what? I didn't want to quit. I think I want to do, you know, something else. And when you have that entrepreneurial DNA is, is just something that you do. And the failure, literally, if you have that DNA, it doesn't even affect you anymore. It's just, it's just so, as you mentioned, part of the process, you just keep going. So it's very important for people to even consider is entrepreneurship for me? They got to ask themselves this question because, you know, it can get pretty bumpy, you know, and of course, as you grow and as you try to accept bigger challenges, of course, you know, you're going to have some of the rough moments. And if you don't have some of that emotional resilience to overcome that, it's it's going to be hard. And now, what do you feel that uh, what is your worst entrepreneurial experience so far? You know, even could be in this, the last four years or not, just in, a, in your whole journey. What it's and what did you learn from it from this tough experience? I will tell you what I learned from it probably two to three months later, uh, because I'm going through that right now. Mm-hmm. I am at this moment in my most difficult, challenging moment as a as an entrepreneur. Um, my partners in Brazil, due to due to the financial crisis in Brazil, yeah. uh, my partners uh, they uh, they said, Victor, you wanna you wanna do it your own way because we're gonna have to focus in the business in Brazil because they have a big business in Brazil that it's uh, going through so much like going through hard times right now. And I understand a hundred percent. And they're great guys. They're great people. I like them a lot. One of them is uh, is my best man in my in my, my wedding. So uh, we're friends, not only partners, but we're friends. And they told me, hey, we're not going to be able to fund the, uh, the operation anymore. You're on your own. And I said, okay, 
I'm mm-hmm. good with that. Not a problem. It's another part of the bumpy road. And that was yeah. a big bump. So uh, right now, since the end of May this year, and at this moment, I'm going through so many challenges on cash flow, on renegotiating with manufacturers and renegotiating with, uh, with other suppliers and talking to distributors. And I'm going everywhere talking to customers because our market share grew. So I have to grow my, my, my capabilities as well. So I need to make more investment and I always had the, 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 uh, the possibility of getting money from the business in Brazil. And this is cut now. So I don't mm-hmm. have that anymore. So I'm going through a huge challenge that won't kill me. Mm-hmm. It will make me stronger, definitely. But I hope it, get, it gets there soon because I need to get stronger right away. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's part of the process. That's what I was telling you. Like, it's part of the process. If you're not resilient enough, if you don't have that, that entrepreneurial DNA, uh, this that I'm going through right now will scare the shit out of any any mm-hmm. of Like, people will look at it, they, they will freak out, say, you know what? Let me get out of here. Mm-hmm. No, let me get out of here. I'm going, I, I'm finishing my, my, my uh, green card process right now. So it's going to be uh, uh, easier by December, January, it's going to be ready. And I have so many investors willing to invest in the company, invest in adaptogen science because they saw what they saw when they came here and looked at the, my business model and the products and everything. They said, man, you, you're going to make it. I said, man, tell me something I don't know. Mm-hmm. That I know already. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not asking you for like, what do you see? I, I know exactly what I'm doing. It's just that it's, 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 it's really, really difficult, but it's not impossible. And if it's not impossible, it's doable. And if it's doable, I'm going to do it. That's what it is. And these guys, you're like, okay, we're, we're ready to invest. But as long as you have, so I have, I have to get my green card paperwork done in order for me to figure as the head owner of the whole business here. And, mm-hmm. for, and after that, I'll, I'll be able to get the, the investments. So this is right now the toughest time. So mm-hmm. your question came in a good moment. That's exactly right now my toughest time. At 42 years of age, that's what I'm going through right now. And I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And one of the things that I always mention to people, and I, and I feel that even when I was younger, I, I, somehow I, I had this mentality of thinking about, and that's a suggestion that I give to people too, you, thinking about a goal, just imagine that it's in the top of the mountain. I don't know how I'm going to get there. You don't know how you're going to get there. You just have the conviction that I will eventually get to the top of that mountain. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you're going to go up and then slide down something. You know, we went there like, oh, this is, it's close around here. I can take this way. I have to go, go down, come right. start going up again. And uh, I always tell people that, you know, we started that. And maybe when you eventually get to that mountain, they're like, nice. And the next thing you're going to see a different mountain and be like, oh, now I got a new journey. Now I'm going to start a, you know, a new, um, new journey with climbing this mountain. So I feel, I feel that everyone needs to take that in consideration of just thinking, just putting whatever your vision you have, just put it over there. You know? And now how are you going to get there? You know, as you're describing right now, you just in a moment that we just kind of slid a little bit, you know, and just kind of, it was like, no problem. We start climbing again. And, uh, 
I feel that if I have to, let's say, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to use the word uh, brag, but <laughs> I'm using the, if I can brag something about me as an entrepreneurship is that patience to just like, man, it's there. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take, but uh, the patience is going to be huge in this process. Of course, taking actions, moving and so forth. But patience is going to be huge, especially during your process right now. It feels like you're in a, in a great uh, place mentally for, for this phase, which is awesome to hear. Uh, for sure. And uh, you, since you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Gary Vee, one thing that he says, and I, uh, I love a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of stuff that he says. Um, I kind of, uh, with other stuff, but uh, you know what? He, you. He, he, he needs to you. put his word out, and uh, it's really cool. But uh, one thing that he says that, like, right there and okay genius um is the micro speed macro patience mm -hmm. you know you have to act fast on a daily basis on an hourly basis you have to keep doing it and uh with a lot of patience for the long run you know like your goals are for 10 20 30 years but you have to act fast right now because tomorrow your competitor is doing better than you so you have to act fast on a daily basis, but aiming with patience for your ultimate goals, you know? So macro patience, micro speed, you know? That's, yeah. uh, that's pretty much what it is. And one thing that Gary, say I haven't followed him, no, I followed him for years actually. And he, he gave me a lot of marketing ideas and he's, he's sharp. Mm -hmm. But um, one phrase that really made sense to me. And I think, I think last year, we're 2018 right now, I think I started to absorb this better. He say, stop being romantic about your business. You know, yeah. just be rational. I love you know, your idea. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's, but it's my baby. No, yeah. it's like, no, dude, it's a business and you have to be the most rational, you know, just be the most rational person you can be. And of course, during that process, not everyone's going to understand your vision. Some people are going to split. But as long as you believe in a vision and on the top of the mountain, you got to keep going and keep as rational as possible. Yeah, you're right. And keeping that concept in mind of being rational, what would you say that is a one high-performance habit that has helped you in jiu-jitsu and in your personal life, in business? What would you say? Okay, so I am not uh, – I am not a – I don't know if the, the word is that, but I, I don't see myself as a gifted person as, as far as uh, abilities and uh, mm -hmm. just to make you understand that, what I'm saying is uh, I would be at the gym and Master Carlson would be showing a position or, or Carson Jr. or Marcelo Alonso, my, my professors back then, they would show a position, show a technique, and I would be probably the last one to understand that, mm -hmm. you know, and to and to incorporate that in my game, I would take more time than, than most of the people there. And I will have to do more. I'll have to drill it more, more times. Okay. You got it there. So some of the guys that were training with me, like Marcel Ferreira, Marcel Ferreira, he was a great guard player mm -hmm. and he would understand the position so easily. And I would look at him and say, well, how did you do that? He just showed it. And he goes, man, it's easy. And it's one, two, and three. And I said, man, I, I'm stuck at one. Mm -hmm. And I would ask him to help me out after. And so we could drill a little bit more. So 
I usually take more time than average to, uh, to understand some techniques. And that made me create a habit in me of, okay, since you're taking more time, you have to do more. Mm-hmm. But when I get to the tournament, I wouldn't lose. Like, it doesn't mean that I never lost. I lost many times. I just lost on the Masters right mm-hmm. now. It doesn't mean. But I, my mindset was really strong because I had to work more times than everybody at the gym to make that one happen, to understand that position and incorporate that in my game. And that made me more resilient. That made me more uh, uh, stronger mentally and, and emotionally because people would look at me and say, man, you still didn't get it? And instead of hurting me, he said, no, I still didn't get it. And that's a fact. Let me train a little more. And I would train a little more than everybody else. And then when I get to the tournament, the gifted guys could lose on the first and second match. And I was going there on the third, on the fourth, on the fifth, and then go to the absolute. And I, I, I would just keep on going because my lack of natural abilities and not being gifted made me train more than everybody else. And that's pretty much what I do right now. I don't see myself as the most intelligent person, so I have to read more. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe more than you, maybe more than other people around me. You know, and uh, people say, "Man, uh, how was it to uh, to uh, uh, speak uh, speak English and live in a different country?" I said, "Man, I ha- I had I had to do more because it doesn't come easy to me. You know, stuff don't come easy to me." So I have to I have to go and grab it, and that made me stronger, mm-hmm. you know, naturally stronger. So uh, that's pretty much what it is. Like, if I have to do twice as more as everybody else, I think I'm gonna get there stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get on the same spot, but I'm gonna get there stronger mentally, physically, uh, emotionally. You know, that's so, that's what it gave me. Yeah. So basically, the what you see in the high performance habit, if I have to say, is just a work ethic, basically, right? Uh, self-awareness is really important. Mm-hmm. If you know who you are, and if you know who you aren't, which I think is even more important, mm-hmm. uh, being self-aware and knowing that you're capable of this, and you might not be capable of that just, uh, or, or in a different way that the other guys are, uh, that gives you work ethic that gives you okay a a different drive it gives you okay i have to walk the extra mile to get to where these guys are already at because they just learned faster quicker their process is is quicker mine is a little longer so i have to go the extra mile to go the extra hour to go the extra shift or whatever it is to drill Mm -hmm. the extra technique and just keep doing it, you know. It's uh, we're different. Everybody's different, and people want to be. If you're willing to, like, okay, I want to be that guy. Okay, you can always want to be that guy, but you have to be aware that you're not that guy, mm-hmm. and his abilities are not your abilities. It doesn't matter how much you love or admire that person; you're not that person, and you have to understand that that you're different and that your abilities and your capabilities are different and you're going to have to have different work ethic in order for you to get to succeed. I was very self, I was always very self-aware of that. You know, I, I always understood 
that I might not be that per, the person for that task. And if I was willing to, 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 to like uh, um, achieve that thing, I'm going to have to do more. Mm-hmm. Am I willing to do more or not? So I'll, take a dec- I'll make a decision right there. Yeah. I'm not willing to do that. You know, so I would just dro- drop it. Drop it because it's going gonna, it's gonna to take more time than I'm, than I'm willing to give. So being self-aware is probably my gift. I said mm-hmm. I wasn't gifted, but I think that being self-aware is my gift. I, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who I am not. And uh, that helped me a lot along the way. You know, it still yeah. helps. I like, which I'm a big fan of self-awareness, which is huge. You know, everything you just said. And it goes along with, there's one of the late motivational speaker, Jim Rome. I learned a lot from him. He passed maybe about five or six years ago. And there's a good question for, I believe, everyone to who's listening to reflect on, which is uh, what person do you have to become to achieve the success you desire? Because there's another book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. So it's not because we achieve a success that you're like, oh, I just keep doing the same thing. I'll get there. Not necessarily. If you want to reach a higher level, you must be in a higher level. So being self-aware of that, as you mentioned, is huge. Plus, uh, we had Vitor Shaolin a few weeks ago here in the podcast. We were talking a little bit before uh, recording uh, this episode and talking about consistent what he consistency what he mentioned a lot about and we're talking about hard work is the foundation of self-confidence when you know that man i am putting the time you may not win but at least you're at peace that you know like dude i i gave it all you know so you know that you're preparing yourself and that's uh and knowing shaolin well and i feel this is the same with you your confidence come from the hard work you know, that, you know, like, man, I know that, that I need what, uh, what I had to do, you know? So uh, it's a cool combination of, because every time we bring new people here, a lot of the times, a lot of the, the same concepts come around because that's the entrepreneurship, you know, self-awareness and, and all the work ethics. So everything kind of goes in the same way. Yeah. I, I listened to the, to Shaolin's podcast and I liked it a lot. Actually, Shaolin is a, is, is a good friend. Um, I admire him. I have, I look up to him as a jujitsu fighter. I look up to him as a, uh, a businessman because he, he did what he did in the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years has mm-hmm. been here even more. Yeah. I don't even Yeah. It's about know. that. And his family and the guy's dedicated. And, uh, I mean, we, we, we had a chance to, to train together for a little bit of time with Paulo Caruso in mm-hmm. at when we were doing strength and conditioning together there. And uh, I always saw him like, okay, this man, this guy is, he's really skilled. Like he's really, really skilled. And I was always amazed by his, his fighting skills and everything and, and his results and amazing him and, and Robinho, phew, man, these guys. So uh, I was listening to Shaolin's podcast with you a couple weeks ago, as you said, and he was, he was saying, he was talking a lot about consistency and I found it funny because that's exactly what I would be talking about here right now because that's the most, for me, that's the most important characteristic in a fighter, in an athlete, in an entrepreneur because since I'm not that gifted, I need to be very consistent. It's not, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to clap my hands and stuff is going to happen. Like there is a, there, there are so many, so many gifted people in the business scene and in the jujitsu scene that like, 
first year as a black belt, the guy wins the worlds. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> and uh, first MMA match, the guy knocks the other guy out. And like, I'm not like that. Mm -hmm. I have to go through so much to get there. So I have to be consistent. There's people that they don't need to be that consistent. It doesn't even make sense to them because it mm -hmm. occurs naturally to them. Consistency for me is the key. And I have it tagged and I have patches on my, on all my kimonos say consistency is the key. And uh, it comes from also from, from the supplementation background because people come to me all the time, Gustavo, asking me, um, do you think that glutamine is good for your health? Because I've been taking it for like two weeks and it didn't change. I tried taking it for 20 years. Mm -hmm. That's going to make a change. Yep. So I do one thing. I have, I have, I have a, 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 a morning ritual, mm -hmm. which after I wake up, even before going to, to, to the bathroom, I go to the kitchen. I squeeze one line. I put like six ounces of uh, coconut water and 10 grams of glutamine in a cup and I chug it in. And I've been doing that for so long. I don't even remember. And people say, man, when was the last time you got sick? I don't get sick. Oh, that's because of glutamine. No, that's because of the whole thing that I've been doing. It's a cumulative uh, process. For sure. it's, you do it every day consistently. So supplementation doesn't make miracles. What makes miracles is consistency. Training jiu-jitsu doesn't make miracles. What, what makes miracles is being consistent at your training. People ask me all the time, and especially in tournaments when I see people that I don't see uh, uh, very often, they say, man, how, are you, how have you been? You're 42 right now. You're performing well. You're training hard. And uh, supplementation changed the whole thing. It depends. It depends. Are you training hard? And I, people, people uh, ask me to go and, and make like uh, – I go for a seminar at a jiu-jitsu academy, but I don't, I don't get to teach a lot of positions, a lot of techniques. I rather talk about uh, uh, the, comp the, the comp competition mindset and, uh, and, mm -hmm. and preparation and all that stuff. And I say, people always ask me, what do you think I should be taking? And I'll tell you, um, as far as supplements go, you have to make sure that you're training hard to even need sports supplements because mm -hmm. if you're not training hard you don't need them if you're training three times a week you don't need supplements come on you just get it in your food don't 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 waste your money so you're training hard you're resting if you're taking your resting seriously and when we're younger we, when we were young, we, we, don't, we don't care about resting. We just train, train, train. Yeah, and then we yeah. go out with the friends and we go study. We do all that stuff. And you don't get proper resting. Right now, after a certain age, 35 and up, you have to make sure you're resting properly. If you're not, supplements won't help you. So training hard, resting properly, eating real food. And I'm not talking about eating clean. I don't even believe in eating clean. Like, I, I, I don't see a way that you can eat clean unless you grow your own food, mm -hmm. you know? So if you're buying it in Whole Foods, you're not eating clean, especially now with Amazon. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh, like, you're not – just we eat real – stick with real food. That's great. Like, that's already good. So if you're training hard, if you're resting properly, if you're eating real food accordingly, and you're still not getting there, consider supplementing. 
That's the 10% they're going to give you the edge. Everything else is the 90%. But there are so many jiu-jitsu competitors and, and swimmers and volleyball players and all the sports out there that they're doing everything, but there's that edge. Maybe the, the, the supplement will give you, like, it's going to be the difference between being third and being first. Mm-hmm. You're going to do great without supplements, but you want to do even better? That's going to help you a lot. But you have to make sure you're covering the other, uh, the first three pillars, which I call the four pillars of, of, of uh, athleticism. Train hard, sleep, eat, supplement, in that order. Mm-hmm. You know? I tell that to everybody. And uh, if you're, whoever is listening to us right now, I see a lot of people that they start engaging in a gym, either it's jujitsu or anything else. I go to LA fitness or whatever it is. First thing you do after you pay your month, you go buy new sneakers, you go buy supplements, you go buy new clothes just to work out. You don't even need those. Mm-hmm. Start from the beginning, like use your, your old sneakers right there. You don't need supplements right now. You, ba- you barely started. You didn't even start. You know, so get in the process and along the way, you're going to add your new shoes, your new kimono, your new supplement and this and that. But people want to start and from the get go, they want to get everything to to make them feel motivated or maybe committed. You know, like Mm -hmm. people need to spend money and waste money to commit. I don't need to do that. You know, I don't need to do that. People do that all the time. And I am a sports supplement a business owner that sells supplements, but I go to academies to tell them, hey, don't take supplements. It's not your time. You don't need that. People are taking so many different products and they're buying everything from from GNC, vitamin shop and everywhere. They're buying stuff that they don't even know what these stuff are are made for. And they're taking it like recklessly. Mm -hmm. Don't even know what they want with that. And I tell them, hey, stop. Just train harder, sleep better, eat better, and then consider supplementing. That's the last thing, the last resort. Gotcha. And what would you say is the best advice you've ever received? Um, my father, uh, I was talking to him a couple of weeks before flying into Miami for good. Uh, to, to move here. Uh, I was coming here like every, every other month I would come to Miami and uh, see everything before I moved here. And two weeks before moving in, I went, I went out with my father. He's like, he's right now he's 74. Uh, my father ran marathons. He's an amazing person. I love talking to him. And so we went out to have lunch in Rio and I had that, moment i don't know if it was an epiphany or something like that but i was i had that moment talking to him said dad i sometimes i'm afraid and i'm scared of uh doing what i'm what i'm doing what i'm about to do and i don't know if i'm gonna regret it because life is good here in rio like i'm i'm doing good my business is fine my wife is happy my son is right here everything is like amazing you're here you know, I have my, my own house. I have my stuff and everything's like just going, going good. And he goes, Vitor, uh, I will never forget that. And that was, 
exactly what you said. The best, the best piece of advice I got, and it fortunately was from my father. He said, uh, 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 how do you translate into it? Uh, uh, like if you have a regret, regret of what you did, mm-hmm. not of what you didn't do. Uh, like be, be like feel bad after, okay, I did that and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Great. But don't feel bad after not having done. Like, at least you tried. So go for it. I love you. I will miss you. But go for it. And if you have to come back with your, with your head down, whatever it is, and feeling bad, feeling, at least you tried and you, and you did what you had to do at this moment. You only have one life. Try that right now. Go there. Live that life that you want to try to live and try to build, build the, the, the company that you're dreaming of and everything else. Like, do it. Don't, 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 don't step back now. Go. And if you regret it, at least you did. Because there's so many people that are regretting of the life they never lived. Absolutely. You know, and that was probably the best piece of advice I've ever had. Yeah, this is very true because very often that fear of the unknown prevents people from even attempting that. And we hear about this all the time, how when you, when you start getting really, really old and start to questioning, you know, your life and, and, and very often people have, man, I wish I have done this. I wish I have done that. And just being at peace, as you mentioned that, you know, I tried and it's working and it will work. And this is for everyone that, and you actually had a plan too, you know, so that's one thing. So for people who are listening and, and thinking about that, you know, should I pull the trigger on this or not? Just make sure that you have a plan you have in mind, not just completely whatever I'm, I'm going to do. Oh, it didn't work. Just, just have a plan. Yeah, the, the, the plan is good, Gustavo. Uh, it's good for like, so that you, you make your first step because mm-hmm. you're going with the plan. But maybe two, three, four months down the road, the plan is already yeah, it will evolve. Fruit, but at least you had a plan. At least mm-hmm. you started. Like if the plan gives you the balls to start, to commit to something, great. Don't, don't, because people, people are like always looking at the plan and going back to the plan and say, man, but it's, it's completely different from what I was planning. Of course, everything is different. You didn't even know what you're going to see here. Mm-hmm. So you had a plan with the, the, with, with, the, the, with the experience that you had, but now you're living something different, so your plan might not fit, or it might not fit your plan. It's going to go, like everything I planned for adaptogen science didn't go south, but it went different. Mm-hmm. You know, it went different because the market is different. The consumers here are different. The mentality is different. The, the work ethics is different. The, 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 the supply chain is different. Everything is different. And my plan was according to my experience, based on mm-hmm. my experience of where I lived. Because, oh, so you should have moved here first to know and and make a plan and then you moved here for good really Mm -hmm. i have to move here twice no i'm gonna make a a plan and then i'll go 
if it doesn't go the way it is, I'm going to adjust. And then you yeah. keep adjusting. And entrepreneurship is nothing but adjusting the plan. Adjusting. Mm -hmm. Because you're sailing. You're going from, like, from Miami to whatever, to, to Africa. You're planning uh, 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 um, to go on a, on, a, on, a, on a straight line. But then... Oh, there, there, there's an island right there. That's on the plan because it's on the map. Mm -hmm. But what if, what if the conditions change and you're not able to like go circle that island and you have to actually go a little bit north and then go back south? You know, it's, you have a plan, but you're going to have to make some turns. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just, I want to say it's possible to stick to the plan from A to Z, from the beginning to the end. Not even Warren Buffett did that. I read mm -hmm. a couple of books from him, and uh, he said, "Man, everything that I planned gave me the, the gave me the guts to 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 go for it." But when I was already there and and drowning in 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 the process, I had to adjust and readjust and readjust and readjust. And that's what it is. Life is. Readjust, being able to adapt, being able to, to adjust. That's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's very true. And um, just the vision, it will evolve. I had a vision when I came here to the U.S. 20 years ago. You know what I mean? The vision has evolved. I'm still working around things that I chose to do. But of course, you know, the plan was Oh, yeah, it's going to be like this and that in the first year or two. Yeah, it was completely different. But exactly what you said, that gave me, that gave me the courage to at least, okay, I'm out there. Now let's see how it goes. And adapting, and it's huge. As you mentioned, it's because um, it's not always it's going to go the way we wanted. The ability to adapt and, and this vision keeps evolving. I can't tell for the, for the last year how much my – and after 20 years in the U.S., how much my vision has evolved in the past year. You know, I thought I was going to do something next thing. You know what? I'm, I'm doing something else. So self-awareness comes in again, you know, to, to exactly. make sure that, you know, exactly when is the time to make the adjustments and keep making improvements. Right. hundred percent. What now, what advice would you give to your younger self? Let's say, I'm going to give you the option. You can tell me maybe either 2014 or maybe when you got involved with supplements. You know, after this journey you've been going through, what advice should you give to your younger self? You can choose the time of, you know, of your life. Okay. Um, what I would tell myself right now, when I started dealing with, uh, with supplements in 2000, would be uh, go for it. Don't expect much from from the market. And it's funny because when I when I started working with that, I I had a car, a very cheap car, but I I didn't have money to put gas in it. So mm -hmm. I started I I started visiting the stores on my bike with a backpack full of supplements, mm -hmm. and uh, that's how I started. So my advice would be to my younger self back then would be. You know, just go for it. Don't expect much from the market. You, you don't have much to lose. You have your bike and maybe that's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> go for it. Uh, that wouldn't be any different from what I did. But uh, 
anything extra that, that would you say that you have learned that would be like, by the way, if you can do this year, maybe, because I mean, we can't regret anything, right? You know, everything had their time, you know, you did the best you could with what you knew, you know, uh, almost 20 years ago. But based on what you've, you've seen in your journey, what would you say that's something that could probably could have helped a little yeah, bit? Yeah, then then that would be an advice for my younger self, like four or five years ago before I moved in here, would be um, um, the way to put it in words would be like be prepared. And I wasn't be prepared for disappointment. Hmm. Be prepared for like seeing everything like, a, a, a fall fall in front of you and and don't show any emotions on that because that's how it's gonna be uh i consider myself resilient but uh i didn't know i would have to be that resilient mm -hmm. you know it's so victor you're saying that it's 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 been this difficult this this tough no it's just uh I had an expectation of, uh, I had different expectations um, when I moved here. And I'm not, not saying it's, it's, it's worse than I was expecting. It's just too different. Mm -hmm. you know, it's too different. So have a more, be more open-minded. That's what I would tell myself. Be more open-minded than you are right now. Because mm -hmm. you're going with an idea that, is not going to confirm because once again it's based on your on your life experience and there's so much more to add to it so just be don't be narrow-minded when you move there and start working and start dealing with people and start dealing with companies and uh just consider that stuff will go pretty different than you think it will and be okay with that that's how i am right now mm -hmm. actually it took me f almost five years. Yeah. And man, I totally relate with this because I, I arrived in the U.S. in 1999, January 1999. And again, I mean, I've never I visited the U.S. four months before for like 10 days. So I had an idea of like, oh, this might be like this and like that. And yeah, especially coming in and you don't have your documents yet. It's it's stressful and it's limited what you can do and all that stuff. So absolutely, I, I thought I can be truly honest that I thought it was going to be a little easier. Maybe I was being naive, but I really thought it was going to be a little easier. But um, if I had that's to... Our, that, that's our positiveness. Like we, yeah. we want it to be easier. We, we're, yeah. we convince ourselves that it's going to be good. It's going to be easier. And if we start telling ourselves it's going to be toughest and harder than, than what you think, you might not even go. Absolutely. You know, if, you, right. if, if, if you start a marathon, and my father always told me that because he ran so many marathons, the gift of running a marathon is that you can only see the first maybe two to 300 meters because mm -hmm. if you're able to see on, on on the start line if you're able to see the finish line you wouldn't even start because it's yeah. too far it's 42 mm -hmm. kilometers it's way too far so you better not even see it because you're not going to go mm -hmm. you know? so you the gift is just you can only see like 
the first two, 300 meters. And then after that, you have two, 300 meters in front of you again, and then again, and then again. And when you, when you see it four hours later, three hours later, you're in the finish line. I, I agree. And I tell you what, if I have mentioned in the podcast before, if I have to give advice to myself, especially when I arrived to the U.S., I think one of the main things would be if I could talk with my younger versions, just say like, go educate yourself as far as learning, uh, reading more books, personal development and business, all that kind of stuff that it took me a long time to get involved with that, you know, and there's something that now for the past 10 years I started doing, but at the beginning I didn't. And uh, I think that I have my natural emotional resilience, but of course, when I started to study more, learn more about personal development, and I started to building that emotional resilience even more, understanding, like you said, what you, who you are, who you are not, you know, what you want, what you don't want. So it's a long process. I absolutely have no regrets in the decisions that I made. We always going to make good decisions and not so good decisions. For sure. You know? And For sure. Uh, there's one thing that you just said that uh, remind me of something that back then, I would tell myself, my younger self, don't stop competing. Mm-hmm. Don't stop competing because I've always liked my, I've always liked myself as a competitor. I, I would develop more in every sense of my life when I was competing. And there was a time when I had to stop competing because I got hurt. And I got hurt many times. I had many, many surgeries in both knees, shoulder, neck, everything. And uh, I regret not being more resilient. I regret not being more resilient with jujitsu back then because it was too easy to, okay, now I'm, I'm probably done. I had so mm-hmm. many surgeries. I'm, I'm not going to force it again. And so from 2000, like I remember I went to Japan with Minotauro for his camp in a fight that he was doing on pride and I stayed there for like a month training with him. And there was Babalu as well. And, uh, Antoine, we're all there training with Minotauro, helping him for his fight. As is 2000, uh, just a little bit, no, 2001 when my, when my son was, was born. And, uh, I was, I, I, I was, I got, I got my knee hurt before that, but I still went, I stayed there for a month helping these guys. When I came back to Brazil, I resumed training and I hurt my neck really, really bad. It was the best, the worst injury I've had. It was a very, very bad injury. I still have like four herniations on my neck. And that made me like, okay, I'm not going to train anymore. I'm not going to. It was a really bad one. I was mm-hmm. training with Saulo Ribeiro and I got hurt really bad. And uh, I'm not going to train anymore. And then I only st- resumed competing uh, not even resume. I only competed again in 2004, which was like four years down the road. And mm-hmm. it was my, my first four years as a black belt. Cause I'm, I got my black belt in, in December 99. And, uh, I only competed as a black belt after that. No, I'm lying. I did Pan Am's 2000 and then I went to Japan. That was it. I did Pan Am's 2000. Yeah. I lost to Margarita on the final, mm-hmm. uh, absolute final by uh, by the way one of one of the best fighters i've ever yeah. faced in my life and uh probably for me what top five jiu-jitsu athletes that i that i had the chance to to roll with for sure 
ridiculous skills. Unfortunately, weak-minded, but a mm -hmm. great competitor. Um, I, I, I wish I never stopped competing. I mm -hmm. wish. That would be a very good advice for my younger self. So, and, and again, it's one of those things you did the best you could with the emotional maturity you had at that moment. Probably. You know, and you know, maybe if you competed, maybe your life would have gone in a completely different route. You know, it's kind of like one of those, it is what it is, you know, yeah. and now we're just uh, moving forward. Now, what book would you recommend? I like to always ask for a book that maybe has made an impact on you at some moment in your life that you read, like, man, this is good and you got a great takeaway. And uh, so what book would it be and why would you recommend this book? Uh, I read many, many business books, many, many of them, like many. I, uh, I always read a lot. I always read a lot and I, I like, I enjoy reading a lot and I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't know if, I don't want to be cheesy or it's not, it's not even that. I, I just, people don't get me wrong, but, um, people should read the Bible, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not, it's not even coming out of religion. Uh, it's probably the best business book I've ever read. <laughs> All right. It's, 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 it talks, it talks about so many facets of, of, of business, of love, of, uh, uh, of um, intera in, in interaction. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even, I'm putting faith aside right now. I'm putting faith, faith aside. Being radically uh, uh, um, business driven. If you read some of the books within the Bible, you will understand so much better what you're made of and how you should face some of the, the, the hurdles and the challenges that you have in your, in your business life, in your professional life. It made my life so much easier that I always go back to those books, which is like, the Bible is like over 60 books altogether. So you have some, like, and there, and there are books in the Bible that don't even mention God or Jesus or, or faith. Like there's a book, the book of, uh, of Esther. It doesn't say anything about, about Jesus or God or faith. And still you see all these three elements right there. And you see, and you, and you, and you understand the way that uh, people relate to each other in, in crucial situations. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible not to relate to your everyday, to your everyday life. Because there are so many books that I read, Gustavo, that are outdated. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're not even old books. They're 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago. And they're outdated already. Like, if you, just, just one thing. 10 years ago, you didn't have social media. Yeah. You did not have any. You know, so whatever business books that you had back there that don't mention social media, consider social media, it's outdated because you can't, right now you can't, you can't, if you, whatever business you have, if you're not into social media, you're probably not doing good, mm -hmm. you know, so it's outdated. And still, when you, when you go to the Bible and you see some of the facts that are there, you, you, you understand that it's never going to be outdated. Mm -hmm. It's always actual. So, man, 
that's by far the most the most important book that I read in my life, and I've read them. I read many, many, many books. Like many, many. I still read a lot. Mm -hmm. Always go back to the Bible. I always go back there. I always go back there because the stories that are there are so rich, are so filled with 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 details that uh, it amazes me every time. It's like I never read it when I go back there. It's crazy. That's how I feel. It's nice. Now, uh, just let the listeners know we're getting close to the end of the interview. So just make sure to stick around for my final thoughts of the interview. So now, what are you currently excited about? What do you got going on? What do you have to share? All right. So um, as I said, I'm going through one of probably the biggest challenge of my, my professional life right now. So that excites me because it's, it's a, it's a huge challenge and I'm excited about looking back like in, in six months to a year time, look back to this moment right now, to these last three, four months that I went through and wow, I went through all that and uh, I'm here now. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the end result of this phase, which is a phase that I need to go through in order for me to, to, to be promoted, to get to the next level. I'm, I'm on my way to the next level. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting me a lot. It's like when people play, like when you play in a video game and you're almost there, you're okay, this is, I need to kill this guy to go to the next level. I'm right there. Mm-hmm. I am at this moment. I'm about to kill that guy and move to the next level. So I'm looking for, I'm so looking forward to the next level. You have no idea. So that's exciting me a lot. And uh, one other thing that's exciting, that has, has been an excitement for me is that I convinced my partners um, three, four, five months ago to really support jujitsu. Mm-hmm. It's the sport that I love. It's the, uh, it's business, uh, business wise, it might not make so much sense, but it makes some sense because the sport is growing, mm-hmm. it's still growing and it will grow so much more in five years. We're not going to recognize the, the, the sport of jujitsu as it will be in five years. That's my vision for that. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm betting and I'm supporting jujitsu athletes right now. We have some of the top the top athletes in our roster, like uh, Muhammad Ali, like uh, uh, Felipe Preguiça, uh, Jezari Matuda. Um, we have uh, some of the, some of the, like Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Damn, Cyborg not only is, is, is a great athlete, but is a great friend. And I train with him every single day. And being able to support his career is for me, is a blessing, and I love the fact that we're contributing to the sport some way, somehow, mm-hmm. right now, the best way that I can, but I want to do so much more. I want to I I I really support the sport and the athletes because not only they, they need, but they deserve, and the sport is going that route, and I believe so much in the growth of jiu-jitsu as a sport that... I went out of my way to convince my partners, hey, let's back them up. Let's, let's, let's give it to jiu-jitsu because mm-hmm. the sport is growing. And I know what growth means because I did my first, my, my affiliation to CBJJ uh, uh, at 
Carlos Gracie Jr.'s house in his garage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and now we see 21 mats at Master Worlds, five fifty five hundred competitors, and man, ain't that growing? That is growing yes. like crazy. You know. Yeah, it's amazing, and that excites me. How can people know more about you, about about your business? So, if you want to share websites, links, anything that you want, plus any final message that you want to leave to the listeners. Okay, um, uh, man, whoever wants to hit me up, please DM me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is Victor Doria with a K V I K T O R Doria. So at Victor Doria. Um, DM me if you have any questions about supplementation and anything else that I can help with. I'll be more than glad to do so, uh, either in English or Portuguese. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, Adaptogen Science has its own in Instagram. We're going, we're revamping all that stuff right now. Also, our our website www.adaptogenscience.com. Um, support us. Help us help you. Like, uh, give us a shot, try our products, see what you think, see what you like. Let me know what you don't like, please, because I'm open. I'm open to suggestions and I'm, uh, I, I respond every email myself when I see any critic or anything about the products. I go there myself and ask them, hey, how did you take it? See if you did it properly. You know, um, that's, that's pretty much what it is. And, uh, just want to thank you for the opportunity of being here and talking to you. Very good to meet you too. Uh, I always heard very, very good things about you from people that I really consider and look up to. So um, I'm very thankful of being considered being in your, in your podcast. And um, that's it, guys. Just be resilient. Be consistent. Consistency is the key. People tell me, hey, consistency is key. That's what you mean, right? No, no, no. There are many things that are key your mm-hmm. life consistency is the key is the most important one for sure people say it's love people say it's this people say it's that i would say it's consistency being consistent man it it it's it gives you a different experience and a a, a different way of seeing life it's amazing be, just be consistent in what what you believe in I agree. Thank you so much, Victor, for the interview, sharing your story with us. And for all the listeners, please stick around for my final thoughts. Us. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Victor Doria, who is a black belt from Carson Gracie and the co-founder of Adaptogen Science, a sports supplement company. I hope you had at least one good takeaway from the interview that you can implement in your life. My personal takeaway is when he shared about Gary Vaynerchuk's concept of macro patience, micro speed. For those who don't know, Gary is an incredible entrepreneur and digital marketing expert. I have learned a lot from Gary and I believe you can learn as well. He shares great content on YouTube and all the social media channels. And when you have a chance, check out www.garyvee.com. I'll have the link available on this episode's post at wjmetalcoachpodcast.com. Now, let me ask you this. What is the most meaningful accomplishment that you have ever achieved? It could have been a personal and or professional level. I can guarantee you that whatever that was, if it was really meaningful, a meaningful accomplishment, it did not just land on your lap. You earned 
your accomplishment, and you pay the price. Gary defends his theory of macro patience, micro speed. He mentioned that if your vision is to build something meaningful, it will take years, and you must be patient. If you're thinking big, you have to go macro with patience. Now, microspeed is acting fast and effectively on the everyday tasks. If you do that consistently, you have better chance of achieving the success you desire. You cannot control the outcome. However, you can influence the outcome. How? Macro patience, micro speed. And I'm going to share with you three crucial elements that you should take in consideration during your journey of achieving a meaningful accomplishment that goes along with Gary's theory. So the first one is focus. In regarding to your meaningful accomplishment, you can split this accomplishment in two goals, the outcome goal and the process goal. The foundation of the Stoic philosophy suggests to consistently focus on things you can control, not in what you cannot control. And the outcome goal is already decided by you to achieve a specific goal. However, you cannot control the outcome, only influence the outcome. How? Focusing on process goal with micro speed, focusing on tasks and actions needed so you can have better odds to achieve the success you desire. And as you already know, distractions are everywhere, especially on your phone. And I'd like to share with you two habits that I included in my life that has helped me with my focus and consequently improved my productivity. And I feel that can be very valuable to you. A, remove all notifications for social media and emails. If you want to check for new messages, you can click and go. Notification alarms are extremely distracting and most of the time is not that important, right? And B, block time. I learned this habit with my high-performance coach, mentor, Brenda Burchard. He suggests that you turn your phone off for 15 minutes, 100% focus, then 10 minutes break to get out of the chair, check your phone, and then back in for another block time. You'll be amazed how much more can be done using this micro-speed tool. Second crucial element, discipline. As Vitor Shaolin shared on episode 17, consistency is the key to success. Some people have the discipline for three months. Now, what about five, 10, 20 years of discipline? That is extremely hard and very few people can do that. Now, all depends on how big is this accomplishment that you're pursuing. Some people choose huge mountains to climb, some choose the smaller ones, some just want to go uphill for a little bit, and some people don't climb at all. It's not about what is right or wrong, as Victor said, it's about self-awareness. Understand that if you're choosing a big mountain, the consistency of the micro speed is crucial. Without it, it would be very hard to achieve your meaningful accomplishment. My suggestion to you is to be self-aware of why you're even pursuing this goal. What is your intrinsic motivation that is driving you to pursue this vision? This must be very clear because when the tough moments come, and trust me, they will come, your why, your purpose will serve you as a pillar for the third crucial element to achieve your meaningful goal that is called patience. If you're climbing a high mountain, you must keep raising your emotional resilience levels. Perseverance is part of macro patience. 
being able to use micro speed for a long period of time is not easy, as I mentioned. Many of you know, some don't about my background, but in 1992, when I was 16, I decided that I want to pursue jiu-jitsu for a living, and I wanted to have my own jiu-jitsu academy. In January of 1999, I moved to the United States to pursue my dream. In October 2000, I started to teach at Arizona Combat Sports in Tempe, and in March 6, 2012, GD Jiu-Jitsu Academy was founded 20 years later when I set the goal. I wish I could tell you that I used micro speed for 20 years and I was 100% focused in discipline, but I wasn't. At least I still had my patience. Of course, it's not the same level that I'm at right now, but this is one of the benefits of building your emotional resilience, becoming even more patient. I know that I did the best I could with the emotional maturity level that I had at that period. And if I knew better, I would have done better. I bet you can resonate with this. Since most of the listeners in average are above 30, many of you may have experienced emotional struggles from relationships, breakups, divorce, and so forth. And if you have a low emotional maturity and emotional resilience levels, this can lead to depression, negative spiral, and interfering the micro speed tasks and actions that must be taken to help you to achieve your goal. And that actually happened with me. From 1999 to 2009, my first 10 years in the United States, my emotional maturity level was pretty low, and I didn't know the concept of self-awareness. In 2003, I got divorced, and my ex-wife and my son moved back to Brazil. Now, if you are a parent, you can imagine how hard this was. And since my emotional maturity and my emotional resilience levels were low, I got depressed, and then eventually I started to get in a self-destructive mode, party, drinking, hanging out with people that I had no business in hanging out with, which kept me away for four years from competitions, and my self-esteem was very, very low. And one day I just woke up and told myself, man, this is not you. You're not being yourself. And my brain started to spin, and I slowly started to have interest for growth personal development books and audiobooks. And finally, in 2010, after I started studying mental skills training, I started to pick up the pace of my micro speed and my macro patience. The jujitsu competitions along with the personal development and the mental skills training were responsible for the growth of my emotional maturity. And now, personally, I'm the happiest and most fulfilled that I've ever felt in my life living with my wife, Carissa, and my son, Jonathan, in Arizona. Do I regret anything in life? Mm, Absolutely not. For me to be where I'm at today, I had to make those bad choices. And you shouldn't regret either. Like Victor said about the advice he'd received from his father, he said, quote, you shouldn't regret anything. But if you're going to regret, at least regret on something that you have tried, better than regretting on something that you didn't even attempt it, unquote. Personally, GD Jiu-Jitsu Academy is my most meaningful accomplishment. Now, what is yours? I hope you have achieved yours as well. And if you haven't because you're still in the middle of the process, keep the micro speed going and be patient. Now, to close, I would like to share with you one of Gary's quotes for you to reflect. Quote, look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what do I want to do every day for the rest of my life? 
than do that, unquote. Remember, macro patience, micro speed. O's. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.